From the heart of Kansas City, it's time for Real Hooligans. Here's your host, Tim English. All right, hooligans, welcome back. Another another episode of Real Hooligans. We're going back in time today, David. But first, man, we never talk about her enough. Our voice, our voice chick. Yes, tell us about her. Christy McCamey, our voice girl at the beginning here. Uh, Christy was a friend of mine that I uh, worked with, and she has gone on to to Hollywood with her Hollywood. Hu- her husband. He's a uh, He's doing special effects and music, and she is in commercials and TV shows, and uh, she's got a feature film coming out uh, this year. Um, so she's going to be on the show at some point. Uh, so I look forward to it. I'm going to tell her thank you. Uh, for- she, she's a real life rags to riches. I mean, literally, they they have just gone out there and they're they're kicking ass. So um, yeah, we're lucky to have her. Adds adds a little class to this production, Tim. I mean, you know, while while we're going to talk about Hollywood, you know, we're from KC, and you know, there's a big stretch of Hollywood that touches back to back to Kansas City. Someday we'll get into all the film history that runs through KC. But um, yeah, see, this is what I'm talking about with this stupid thing. It says right error. Now it doesn't. And it's still going. So I'm going to assume it's still going. All right. Let's it's keep talking into still these running, microphones. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So sorry about that. All right. So, um, but yeah. So that's Christy. We'll get her on. Cool? Absolutely. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about, um, we're going to go back in time. And here in a little bit, I'm going to play uh, our new little sound effect. Oh, I got a sound drop for Ooh. us. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. This is news to me. Yeah, yeah, Tim's yeah. bringing this on. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. It's going to be very familiar to some people. but And David probably won't recognize it, but. It'll be our, our when we're going back in time sound, um, yeah. Which we're gonna which we're gonna do today with one of my favorite movies and one of my favorite genres, and that's film noir. Um, which we're gonna give you a lesson in this year. Yes, I have not. I, this is a genre that I have not uh, not been into. Cool. So this is fun. This was a, a new experience for me. Yeah. I looked forward to it. And yeah. it's like movies like this, I think it's important to watch because this is, I mean, you probably saw, and you probably have seen images, clips, heard lines of dialogue yes. from this movie. And you saw it and <clears throat> probably saw a lot of things that you're like, oh, that's where such and such movies have yes. gotten this shot, this the, point of view. The one line, story Storytelling methods. So, yeah. So it'll be fun to, fun to do that with you, brother. So... Take me back in time, Tim. Yeah, and uh, I know you have some questions for me to start. I do. So five of them, five to be exact. Questions. We got to get you a sound effect for that. Okay. You know what I mean. I will spend some time. And, and Christy, like I, where I was going to go with that, Christy's getting ready to record some more uh, voice stuff for us um, for our opening. Um, Excellent. And uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll work, you know have her do something like that. Uh, record five questions with David. Some smart ass shit. That would be nice. Yeah, yeah. it needs to be insulting some, some in, smart in, to some ass, degree. Some smart ass shit. That would be great. So, all right. Uh, well, let's get to five questions with David before we move on into into the past. Tim, if you could travel to any area era in Hollywood history, what time period would you visit first? Oh, man. I mean, I absolutely think you would, I would go back to, um, I, I guess, that time between, like, the 20s and 30s when silent films were fading and um, the talkies were... Taking over. Were, yeah, I mean, you know, and that's something this film deals with is, is a former you know, silent film actress, um, that that, that can't, yeah, that can't, yeah, that can't a accept that that part of her life is over. Can't make the switch. Can't get over. Can't accept the fact that it's over for her. Um, but I don't know. There's just so much, you know, that was just such a revolutionary time in Hollywood. And plus it'd just be a cool time to check out, I think. So, you know, go back with our knowledge in the, 20s and 30s, that'd be cool. This film is in the Library of Congress. If you could add a movie to that registry, what would it be? 
Oh my. Well, I guess. Um, Not knowing the list. Yeah, I was so like, I, I, who, I, who has no, no no idea what else is in there? But if if they said Tim, here's a here's a blank slate. You can you can write Raiders down of the Lost Ark. Good one. Yeah, I bet that one is in there. That is a. T- it might it be. Seems like that one. Would <laughs> I have mean, to be okay. Maybe I'll go with something a little bit more. No, no, that's then. a good choice, but you say that. It seems like a timeless movie yeah. for me. Is I, I think you could watch that now, and it could, you know, outside of, you know, your knowledge, it could look like it was made any time. It could have been filmed any time. All right. Narration after death. Fun or Weird. I love it. It's a staple of the film noir. Um, so it's a fun, if done right, storytelling choice. I like it. What do you think? It's growing on me. At first, it was weird. The first couple of times I've, I've seen it happen, it was, it was kind of weird. Um, but this one, the reason I asked that question is because it was fun this time. Yeah. It, I enjoyed it this time around. Because, yeah, Joe's such a smog prick. Yeah. <laughs> Like, tell just, me about the time you died, Joe. Yeah, it's so great. Are filmmakers from past generations technically better than their modern day counter- counterparts? And I mean technically like hmm. Well, hmm, that's 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 a good question and it's arguable because they obviously had less to work with. Um I asked this because of a specific scene. Um where they had to shoot underwater and make people appear pretty clear yeah. above the surface. And it took some, some trickery to do that. And they had to be inventive. And uh, that just made me wonder, with having so little to work with and having to pretty much invent a new style, uh, now we have computers and right. smart people. And, and I would point, and I, maybe I'll repost this episode this week back to my interview with Richard Dreyfus. And uh, I think one of the fascinating things we talked about was movies like this. Cause he talked about, you know, he thought our show was cool because we did stuff like this where we went back in time. You know, we didn't just focus on movies in the seventies, eighties, nineties that we grew up. We, we go back in time and compare the, you know, and talk about how these movies compare and contrast. Um, um, because it's important to think about the technical challenges they had, the censorship challenges they had, um, the social challenges they had uh, at that time. And, you know, because, I mean, this was 1950? Yes, 1950. 72 years ago. And for me, I mean, we just watched the end of it together this morning. You, wa- you finished it together, or this morning, and then we caught the end of it again um, when you got here. Um, I, for me, it still holds up as a story, as a narrative. I mean, um, that was a long answer. To that. <laughs> that, but, might be, that might be the record answer for right, five questions. I'll shut up. But yeah, listen to the Richard Dreyfuss episode. It's still alive. Good plug. Yeah. Logan, one of my favorites. Yes. When it was released on... Ted Logan? Yes. Theodore. Yeah. Uh, well, when Logan was released on DVD, they included a black and white version yep. of the movie. And if you watched it, it added something to it. it sure. Logan was a better movie in black and white to me than it was in color. Um, should more films utilize this style? Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. I, I, I do think so, but you do have to do it right. It's hard. Um, you can't just, and I, I will say this from experience, because I myself completed one film on my own. and it was, Well, I mean, one, I don't know. I have several little shorter films, but I did a 45-minute movie uh, 20 years ago or so. And uh, it's in black and white. You know, a lot of it was, you know, if you, it's got the... Uh, hmm, <laughs> narrative I, I think if you saw that movie you'd be like oh yeah he does have a film noir thing okay um, but it's black and white but it's, it wasn't sh- I didn't have the smarts to shoot it properly so you get the proper shadows um, 
But there is something to these film noir movies and the way they shoot. They're not just in black and white. Some of it's it's just like it looks that great because they're um, they're cheap, yeah. you know. And so it's like they have to hide stuff, which is what I was doing with Run. Is I ultimately had to. I wanted it in black and white, but I had to do it in black and white because I can color match and it looked like shit sometimes because my color wouldn't be off because I was an amateur. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times that's the beauty of these movies is um, that black and white beauty and just kind of some of those shadows is really just, well, we didn't have lights. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Five questions. Yeah. All right. We're going to Well done, Tim. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, Sunset Boulevard, 1950. Oh, you want to hear our sound? Yes, let's hear the sound. Let's go back in time. Right. This is the sound of our time machine. Taking us back to 1950. What is this sound? This is the sound of the TARDIS from oh. Doctor Who. Yeah, I don't watch Doctor Who. I know. It's right over there. You're on the, little, I, the, the police I'm box. I'm sure I can I've, find I've, it uh, multiple yeah. places. I've got, I've got a, a TARDIS in a few spots around here. Sure. Some over here. Nope, a few over there. Anyways, all right. So it's 1950. Billy Wilder. This is your first experience with a Billy Wilder yes. film. Correct. Yes. We're going to do something like it hot this summer. That was a fucking great movie. Hilarious. And another one that's, you know, I mean, 60 years old. I think that was in the 60s. Old. I mean, but it's fucking hilarious, dude. And Jack Lemmon's just a goddamn legend. And um, Marilyn Monroe. You ever watched a Marilyn Monroe film? I can't say that I have. She's a thing, dude. Yeah? She's a babe. <laughs> I'm not lying, dude. <laughs> I, I, no, I'm I mean, not well, you. Well, but I uh, just mean it's one thing to watch her and see her in pictures, and it's another thing to just see her and just, you know, she's she's a legend. I mean, it, it, for a reason. So uh, that's a great movie. So um, I have oh my notebook. Let's get out the notebook, David. The handy dandy notebook. All right. Notebook. So okay. So Sunset Boulevard. I would like to get your first impressions because this is kind of an, a shift into a new genre for you or one you just haven't explored um, very often. So I have not. Um, I really enjoyed this go around. Um, it took me a minute to get into it. Um, I was, uh, I there's a lot to take in right at the beginning from just the, the tone um, the f- um, the narration with with Joe that 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 whole opening scene with the pool is is fantastic and how many times have we seen that now I can look back and think oh yeah pool scene that's right. nice absolutely um, so uh, it took me a minute to to really feel comfortable. Um, but once we met Norma, it became a lot of fun for me. She is just a wild character. And I have to imagine that in 1950, she would have been perceived as so eccentric and over the top. And nowadays, you know, if you saw somebody out like that in public, you'd not a big deal. We see that all the time. <laughs> right. So uh, I, ha- I have to think that uh, she would have been a lot of fun, you know, 10 years prior to whenever this happened. Yeah. Norma Desmond. She's a whole thing, man. Yeah, she's great. She's a whole thing. Played by um, Gloria Swanson. And, uh, yeah, she's great. Um, Joe is played by, is it? William Holden. William Holden. And, uh, yeah, Joe is a screenwriter, okay? And Joe is your typical, um, your your hero in your uh, film noir movies is typically going to be a hero that it's not going to end well for them. There aren't a lot of these movies that have happy endings, to be honest with you. Yeah. That's kind of like one of the identifying characteristics is especially like with this you know going in 
Joe's not going to make it out of this. No. <laughs> yeah. And I've come, I came to find that uh, I, I, it was okay that Joe ended up in the pool for right. me. <laughs> I'm like, this is great. You know, what a proper fitting ending for, for Joe. Right, right, right. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's a screenwriter. He's, uh, he, he pitched a script and it got kind of butchered apart by this, this woman who was just like, oh, it's terrible. It's just awful. It's about a baseball team or something. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's kind of, he's fighting, you know, he's hiding from, uh, Dudes that are trying to repo his car. Yeah, I know. What a bunch of shady-looking dudes those were. <laughs> These dudes trying to show up, break some legs, strong arming him out of his out of his car, and um, let me get the keys, eh? Yeah. So <laughs> his, his, you know, it, ultimately he, you know, the gist of it is he, in an attempt to ditch them, he hides in this garage, stumbles into this house, and it turns out to be the house of this famous, once famous silent film star who is faded into obscurity, except in her own mind. And she lives with her butler, Max, who we'll talk about more about this fucking dude. Love Max. Um, yeah, and, you know, Max's job is just to kind of keep her happy. Okay? <laughs> and she has written this script. She wants to make her return. Not a comeback, a return. And... Um, he kind of convinces her that it needs some work, and so she's going to pay him to give her a rewrite, and he just needs a place to hide out and make some money so he can take care of his car and kind of get his shit together. Yeah. It, it's like, you know, typical, you know. Um, you always have one character who thinks he's working it, and then you have the, the femme fatale type character who's working him, and everybody, you know. Everybody's backstabbing each other, working each other. Yeah, these are some awful people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that, there's your setup. Okay. Um, Paramount Studios features big time in this. Sure. You know, obviously one of the, you know, between uh, Paramount, Fox, Warner Brothers. You know, those are like three of the cornerstones of the, the rise of Hollywood. Um, and they let them. You know, a lot of times, you know, these studios are. You get some fake studio name, but Paramount was very happy to lend themselves to this. This is generally considered sure. one of the great films about Hollywood because it doesn't filter itself in a way. You know, it's a very, at times, brutally honest look at it yeah. yeah i mean you see Certainly. you see it from the you know the the star that can't get over herself which at times is just like jesus christ woman wow um you know and you know the people that will use that i mean which you know is what joe does you know he just kind of latches on and he's gonna get what he wants out of this situation um even though it Makes it just worse for everybody. Everyone. Ultimately. And then he just drags nice, innocent people into the mix. It's Right. Yeah, Joe. All right, so let's see. Sunset Boulevard, that house. I've seen it. We saw you it. Have? We see, we've seen it. When we, we, you know, whenever we go out to L.A., we usually try to check out houses. And one of the times, um, our hosts... Um, they paid for us to go on a tour. I like, you know, just one of those silly. I think we were sitting on Hollywood bus tours. Little buses. Yeah. <laughs> but it was cool because. Were you we, on the upper deck? Yeah. Nice. And we, I mean, we got to see a bunch of, uh, you know, go up into the Hollywood Hills and uh, saw the, the Hotel California house and, or, you know, that. And, and this, you know, the, the Sunset Boulevard house, which is off like Wilshire and. I think Sunset? No. Not right about that. It's Wilshire and something, but yeah. Nice. This is still in good shape? Yeah, I mean, they keep it up. Well cared for. Yeah. This is right there in, like, Hollywood, Beverly Hills kind of area, so. All right, so where are we? What do you want to talk about, man? Where do you want to go with stuff? What were your questions? Or what were your... uh, How about the dead monkey? 
yeah, how creepy was that? <laughs> it's like, he just shows up and she's like, oh, my monkey died. <laughs> I mean, what a, what a what a thing to walk into. How He's random. like, oh, right, you're you're Norma Desmond. Cool, I recognize you. What you got going on over there? She's like, dead monkey, man. <laughs> dead monkey. Uh, sorry, I'm not that guy. She's having a fucking monkey funeral um, when he shows up because she's just that secluded, isolated in her life that her, this is like her best friend died. Yeah. Not not Max. Not Max. That's a weird relationship. Can we talk about Max and and the relationship with uh, with Norma? I think that's sure. a, a a pretty important. Let's, yeah. Let's talk about Max. He is played by. Let's get his his face name. Eric von Stroheim. Thank you. That is a strong name. It's a pretty badass. That's name. a that's a that's a good name to have. I like that one. Uh, yeah, so let's see. Max. Okay, so Max, we find out later in the movie that Max discovered her when she was, what, 16? Yes. Um, groomed her into becoming this silent film star, directed her in films, helped her become this star she was become, and gradually became less important to her. Toiler. Eventually they split, so she could go do her own thing. And uh, when her star began to fall, Max gave up his career, which he could have continued on making talking pictures. Making pictures. Um, but he chose, he even says, I chose to become her servant. Yes. He chooses to become her servant rather than, uh, and you know, so he can help her keep up this charade that she's something. He writes fan letters for her. <laughs> fan letters, yeah. So she gets mail to read and feel good about. So he really works to keep the illusion going. Uh, and it's impressive how dedicated he is to the task. So it kind of makes me question his, uh, his mental health. Mental health is a big part of this movie. Uh, I, I question some of his. Yeah. At that point, I mean, yeah, you've obviously got gone all in on somebody to yeah. the point where you're just like, Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is what it you're, is you're now. You're obviously just, I mean, you're giving up your life to just pretend. Yeah. To, to pretend to help her pretend whatever she wants. Like the New Year's party. Yeah. Which that was like, Weird. dude, like, dude, it was like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, what's <laughs> going on She here? had like tables of food and people. It was a spread. Banned. Just yeah. for him. We'll get to that. So... So, yeah, so this dude moves in. He's going to help her f- with the script. Uh, Max is going through his shit. And it's just, she just, it's all her way of uh, just infiltrating his life. Yes. I mean, she wants um, his love. She wants, she needs, she needs another personification of this adoration that she expects. It's not enough to get it from Max because he's just, he's just been there. Yeah. It's boring to her. I mean, he's was her husband, her director, her fucking agent. Yes. I mean, her and, everything. And now it's just, he's been her butler, her cook, her servant, her maid. She's bored with Max. Joe is new. Joe's new. New he's is fresh. always fun. Yeah. He, he's got, he, she thinks he can be, her uh, help her get back to where she feels like people are. Wa- she feels like people are waiting for her. Like she has this. The fans want her yes, return. Let's make this me. happen. They want me. She's obsessed with Cecil B. DeMille. Yes. Contacting her again. What's that scene when they go into that <laughs> studio and he's like, oh, fuck this crazy bitch. Oh, this bitch showed up. <clears throat> yeah. So, she, yeah, she's. You know, the, the typical, um, she's the typical actress, or, you know, the stereotypical, I won't say typical, the stereotypical uh, Hollywood 
actress who's so self-obsessed with herself that reality has ceased to exist and she wants to be written in her perceived self-image, which is what she's got him doing. And, you know, at the same time, this dude's trying to write his own shit. He is not worried about... He is worried about keeping the con going. Yeah. You've provided me a lifestyle. Yeah. He's... She's you know, a sugar mama. Yeah. And he, you know, there's the, the the great scene where she asks him, you went out last night. Where were you? I needed you. I called for you. Oh, I was at the beach. <laughs> I went for a walk. Yeah. You know, he... had. Uh, played her to such an extent that uh, everything that he was missing in his life at the beginning of the film, he now had. To what cost, though? I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which he starts to realize. Uh, there is the poker scene there with Buster Keaton. Yeah. He's one of those dudes in the poker scene, which we are going to explore Buster Keaton down the line. He is, again... Like The General, one of my favorite uh, silent films. Classic. Um, I, need, I need some silent film. I've not had enough of it in my life, and uh, so you're going to have to... They're fun. You're going to have to steer me to, to some so something that I'm missing. Yeah. I mean, you know, someday we'll get into something like Metropolis. <laughs> Metropolis is insane, man. And yeah. it's like, if you watch it, like, psychologically, it's like, you would think, gee, this is like this is made like nineteen fucking twenty. <laughs> like it's like some matrix level psychological stuff going on. Really? It's you know, so it's you know, yeah, but it's like it's okay. all such like weird fucking music and it's just it is a it's a thing. It's man. a trip. <laughs> it's it's a thing, yeah. Um yeah, we'll definitely catch that sometime. Alright, so when he yeah, she Rats is, you know, she started feeling like she's going to lose him. Yes. So she gets his car taken away. She, you know, tips, tips off the dudes about his car. Yeah. And she's like, oh, well, now you'll just have to drive my car. Right. You know, it's, it's like she's just constantly trying to give him something he wants, but it's got to be something of hers so that he owes her. Yeah. And has reason to feel obligated to continue to do this. Yeah. Uh, man, there's so many great lines of dialogue which you get with Billy Wilder. Um, couple of note. I'm I am big. It's the films that <laughs> that got small. It's the movies that got small. Um, one of his VO lines: "Poor devil, still waving at a parade that has long since passed her by." <laughs> I mean, and this is just this is Billy Wilder, dude. He is just an amazing writer. Um, her sad New Year's Eve party, where he's finally like, "Dude, where the fuck is everybody?" And she's like, "Oh no, dude, this is it. We don't want to be bothered by other people. Are you crazy?" So, um, yeah. And he bounces out. He's like, "All right, this is just fucking too much for me." And talk about a night, right? He's like, goes. To this other party. Yeah. He's like, dude, I got to go be around, like, people my age. Normal <laughs> It's like, I have got to get, like, re-centered back into, like, a society. Yes. That makes sense to me. My wife is acting, is coming through here like a goddamn cyclone. It Oof. sucks today in Kansas City. Yeah, they it's were a rough recording. I'm there. just going to say, um, she's running around trying to get people where they need to be on a fucking Sunday when shit still needs to be done. Um, and here David and I are talking about a 71-year-old movie. <laughs> but it's all right. So, all right. So, anyway, yeah. So, New Year's Eve. And, you know, Betty's there, of course. Because we've got to get Betty back in. Yes. Betty's, Betty's the chick that dogged his, uh, what was his script Shot called? Shot him down right yeah, from It was his script called Bases Loaded. <laughs> He's a hooch playing shortstop. Right. And did you notice that the dude uh, is Artie? That's Jack Webb. Did you catch him uh -huh. in there? Yeah. There's just, you know, a lot of... A lot of actors that are notable in here. Um, so yeah, he's he's you know he's he's, he's like I got to get out of this place. You know, not telling them where he's been, 
so much as just saying he needs a place to be for a few weeks. He's trying to look for a new place to stay, stuff like that, and uh, he's just done. He's o- over this chick. Yeah, he's got to get out. So then, then what does he do? He has a few drinks and decides to call and get his shit. Hey, hey, Max, get my shit. Yeah. And he's like, oh, man, I would, but uh, she tried to kill herself tonight, dude. Oh. oh, bro. And I just love how he gets there and the fucking band is still playing. <laughs> he's like, yeah, 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 we, don't, don't freak out because the, the band can't know this is going on. So it's like this is just her, her old ruse. Sure. You know, how much of it that is true, right? I mean, you know, what is, this is just her ploy to, oh, tell him I'm dying and get him to come back. Yes. Um, I mean, who wouldn't come running? Right. I mean, you know, he'd be an asshole if he didn't, sure. right? And then it's just going to fall lay on his conscience if he reads the paper the next day and finds out that the once great Norma Desmond has passed on. Yeah. You know, and he's like, oh, I could have been there. So, of course, like a pussy, he goes in and starts fucking apologizing. I should have been here for you. My bad. And she's just laying there going, oh, okay, well, I'm feeling better now. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm okay. Everything's fine. Fucking bitch. Manipulative ass shit, David. Yes. But how does that scene end? I think Doesn't it end with them kissing? Is that their first kiss right there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it kind I, know, of, I know that kind is of where... Kind of fades out, I, I gives you the illusion that... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that is where he just kind of is like, fuck, I just have to go all in at yeah. this point. Like he's a, he's this. allowed he's allowed this relationship to kind of circle. I'll allow her to think I'll be this boy's yeah. boy, but I'm not. But yeah, at this point, they, you know, I think that's where it like cuts to him in the pool, and she's all swimming up to him mm-hmm. and being all handsy, and it's just like, man, this is really. I mean, this you know, it's it's he's trying to be his own writer, but trying to you're right, like you said, keep that lifestyle. This was the moment for me that solidified it's all right that Joe ended up in the pool. That was the moment where I I had decided, man, this guy is such an ass. You are just an asshole. And again, a lot of times in the film noir, the character <laughs> does get what he deserves. I like that. I like that. I, I, I love a good comeuppance. Yeah. A- absolutely. All right. So, yeah. So, um, around this time, Betty's trying to find well, what happened to him. He just, he like bounced out, said he was going to go get his shit or something, man. Yeah. And, uh, we're, we're in the, in Max, like, don't call her again. Never again. You don't want none of this crazy shit. Okay? I have no information just for you. Just go away, Betty. All right, so yeah, Norma's better. She's getting, you know, she's happy again. She's back to talking about her return. And uh, then Max comes in. He's like, man, Paramount Studios called. She's like, oh, well, Cecil B. DeMille calling me. has to be. He's like, no, no, no. It wasn't him. She's like, no, it was. It was. Yeah, it was. Because it had to be. He has to be calling me about my new movie. That's what we've been waiting on. on I keep sending him the script. And, uh... He's like, it's, it wasn't him, though. It might have been a, from me. It wasn't him, though. And she's like, no, it was. Like, her delusion is just like, she's just so far in. She's literally, like, rewriting. Yeah. Like, facts <laughs> to fit her narrative. You know, it's it's crazy. Like, her life is becoming the movie she wants it to be. Yes. At this point, she is now taking her, the reality that she's been living in this home. This faux, I'm still a star, just waiting on that call. Now she's ready to come out of this hole and take her crazy fucking show into the world. (laughs) On the road. Yeah, it is time. It is time. And uh, so she goes to Paramount Studios, and it's like, you know, everybody's like, oh, she's here? You know, everybody's surprised and trying to figure out who the fuck called her here. She see, and that's actually Cecil B. DeMille that's in the movie there, um, but she, that poor bastard. Good luck, everybody. My wife and Nick are heading out on a snow adventure through Kansas City Hoth. 
Um, so just trying to get him to work. It so. sucks out there, it Tim. Does. It's it's crazy. So best of luck to them. All right. So we are back in 1950. Paramount Studios. Okay. So she shows up. Everybody's like, "What the fuck is this crazy bitch doing here?" But you know, I mean, somebody like she has the guy up in the the lights that recognizes her that worked with her. You know, because he's still a skilled. <laughs> he still has a skill. He's still a functioning <laughs> yeah, adult. He's, he's able to you know have a job still in today's Hollywood. Um, he shines a spotlight on. She just she just she she just assumes she's there for this big glorious moment, and this is the beginning of it. This light shining down on her. All these people are fawning over her. And uh, God, meanwhile, Cecil was like, Jesus, how do I tell her her script's a piece of shit? Yeah. <laughs> he is like, who the fuck called her here? And this dude's like, oh, yeah, 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 that was me. Uh, yeah, uh, I saw her car. And uh, it would be great for this movie we've got. Yeah, we just want to rent it's this just thing. like the ultimate, like, Debbie Downer. It's just like, wah, wah. <laughs> I might have a sound effect for that. Oh, oh! I'm so glad that was it. I knew I had it oh, somewhere. Tim, Tim with the buttons. I yeah. love it. All right. So, uh, so yeah. Then they're like, "Fuck! How do we tell her?" Then you know. So they're like, "All right, dude." So it's hilarious, but it was about your car, and she just still doesn't get it. No. Like at any point, you know, it's like she's in. Finally, he's just like, "Man, fuck her, fuck her car." <laughs> Don't do it at Be all. Gone. I don't want any, anything to do with you. Cecily DeMille, she's like ruined it. You know, I mean, not a, there was nothing to ruin, but yes, it's like all these people are like, man, she just is in her own world, does not get it. She didn't hear one word we said to her. She just doesn't get it. And the elaborate dress that she shows up in. I mean, this was a huge production yeah. for her. Yeah, you know, and, and that car. Tim, I love this car. I want to go for a ride in this car. It is with the leopard print on the inside and the half a roof. And, oh, it's just a glorious old school automobile. Yeah, don't you wish cars were still cool looking? Yeah. I mean, they all just look like Hondas and shit. Dude, if you Hondas, don't... Hondas and F- SUVs, they all look the fucking same. If you don't feel fancy in a car like that, something's wrong with you. All right, so Cecil B. DeMille is like, don't fucking call her. Don't, don't, no, we're done with her. Um, and now she's like prepping. Like, this is going to happen. Yes. This is going to happen. This is life. moving forward. Um, we'll be in touch. And Joe is just like, all right, man, I, I got to, I just need to just get away. So he, he starts going, like, meeting with Betty in secret. And they're developing, she wants to be a writer. Yes. And she's got an idea. She, she, she didn't like his script, but she likes him and she likes his writing, I think. His, his potential, she sees it. Um, and so she's like, well, let's work on stuff together. So they're writing this, this script together. And, uh, yeah, that's about the time we learned Max's secret. He's like, look, dude, you have no fucking clue what you're dealing with yeah, here. You have no <laughs> like, idea. Let what me world tell you in. my story. And then, you know, we get Max's, I mean, Max's story. It's like you said, it's just, he's talking about mental health. That's crazy. Yeah. We're at a, at a certain point. Max had to make the the conscious decision of I'm going to give up my entire world in order to participate in this, and that's okay. That's the thing that I want. It's her delusion. Yeah, and he keeps that delusion going by, yes. like you said, sending her fan mail and uh, just telling her whatever she wants to hear. Yeah, absolutely. And feeding into that, even yes, you know. Um, Helping her plan elaborate, expensive, catered solo events, party balls. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, it's it's crazy. Uh, and this is about, and finally, you know, she finds his script, the Untitled Love Story. Yes, by Joe and Betty. <laughs> and that, that's just like it could have been. It's probably that it was called something else. You know. And her crazy brain, that's all it saw. Yeah. Untitled love story. Yes. 
It's working title. Because she just like she's walking around just talking to herself. She's like, Are you seeing somebody or where are you? And she's just like fucking losing her mind going through his shit again. And uh <laughs> anyways. Um this is about when you showed up and I stopped taking notes. So we're just gonna crack through the end of this, all right? Um this is a great film. It's a classic film. Um so basically she threatens Joe. And I think she's like, get that bitch over here. We're going to fucking sort some shit out. Yeah. So he calls her over. He's like, I mean, I'm afraid of what she's going to do. So we got to kind of play by her rules for a few minutes and uh, look at the life I've been living. This is what I haven't been telling you about. Yes. Because he hasn't told her one thing. He just He's told her that she he's helps, been helping somebody with a script, but not some fucking crazy bitch, batshit crazy the shrine she has to herself in yeah. that room, the room is phenomenal. Right. That, is, that is crazy person 101. Yeah. I mean, the, it might as well have been in a closet, you know, with yeah. some candles. and Right. A little head, yes. severed head sitting there somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and at this point, she just loses her shit. She shoots Joe. What happens to Betty? Betty gets out of there. Betty takes off. She right. is distraught and... Betty bolts. He sends her on her Joe way. Joe tries to chill this bitch out and he gets shot three times, which is, he said at the beginning, two shots to the back, one to the stomach. Right Ends up in the pool. the pool. Yeah. You know, but is this enough to snap this bitch out? It's, it's not, Dave. No. <laughs> not even close. Not. It drives it she deeper. And as the police flood in, news crews flooding in, ready to tell the story of this and how failed film star. How wonderful is it that there are hundreds and hundreds of people that have shown up within a very short period of time Everybody knows about this, and they're there. And to the police, here's an active murder scene, and here are hundreds of people just tromping around this house, like it's nothing. She, her brain thinks it's Cecil's crew has shown yeah. up to film her. Yeah, we're getting started scene. today. Yeah, like Max looks fucking enough like him. So right, bald whatever, head. dude. Let's do it. He's like a white bald dude, so it's gotta <laughs> be him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But talk about the scene where she's in her dressing room. Oh, getting ready for whatever yes. she thinks is going to happen. But they're fucking all grilling her. And they just, yeah, this we've got you. these two, I assume, detectives. They're not dressed like the, the regular cops. And they are just standing above her, grilling her. I mean, it's a succession of rapid-fire questions with no... Uh, no breath in between. It's just this banter back and forth between these two guys. Um, but it very much has that press conference feel. Yeah, she thinks where she's in a press there conference. are just people screaming questions at her, and Cameras she'll hear one off. and answer it with yeah. this wonderful answer. Um, and excuse me, everyone, I must get ready for my scene. Yeah, she comes out. There's people down the stairs. Cameras are setting up down there because the news is there going, yeah, crazy bitch killed somebody, shot yeah, this him. This is going to be wild. Up in a pool. We're the first here breaking the story, but no, she sees she sees Max down there. Of course, he's leading this. Oh yeah, he's directing it. He's just like, this is it. We're all here to. He's back in his element again. I mean, and it's like you might as well just give her what she wants on her way out the door. I guess at this yeah. point, you might as well just. Die. And I just love the the way that all these. Officers, these detectives, these policemen, uh, reporters, they're all just like standing there. Silent. Like realizing, they're like, what in the fuck is happening right now? And they're all just like caught up in this moment. Or it's like to her, the world, everything freezes around her as she makes her way down the stairs. And then has to have that self-reflective, hold on, let me talk about myself one more time. Yes. I have something to say. Yeah. Thank you. I'm just so caught up in this moment. And then, what's the line? All right, Mr. DeMille. I'm ready for my close-up. There you go. Good job, David. One of the, one of the most famous lines 
um, in 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 movies, but often misquoted. Yes, that is one of the most misquoted. We we compared it to the Empire Strikes Back line. Yes, Luke, I am your father. I am your father. Okay, I'm gonna pull up some fucking trivia. Is there anything else you want to add about this? It's a fucking great movie, right? It was. It I was really, a whole I, lot of fun. I saw. Well, I I was getting ready to go to bed. I was sitting here last night. I watched Hot Fuzz last night. Such a good one. And uh, um, I saw your text, and I was like, ah. But I, we had this situation before. You're like, I couldn't get into it. And then you watch it like the next day. You're like, I, yes, this is a great movie. I needed a, f- a fresh shut up. And I was tired when I sat down. So I just... I wasn't feeling it, and that first, you know, 15, 20 minutes of that movie kind of takes a minute to get going. You, It's a whole lot of let's get to know Joe and what Joe's all about. And that is good. that is one thing about this genre is it's they're slow burns. They are slow burns, often to reveals that leave you with more like, okay, so, <laughs> you know, and questions, but that's in a good way, you know. And, yeah. It tests my patience, and I like that about this. And when you say that the genre is full of slow burns, that's something I need to um, get better at watching because the payoff is often so wonderful, um, but I'm not a patient person. I need you to do some stuff, and I need some stuff to happen. So uh, that's, a, that's a me thing. You want some trivia, brother? Yeah, I always want trivia. Cue the trivia line. All right. Okay. So here you go. Mm-hmm. All right. So Billy Wilder, kind of a jokester. Okay. Yeah. Um, during the scene when William Holden and Nancy Olson, Betty, kiss, mm-hmm. um, he let them carry on just kissing. And kissing <laughs> and kissing without yelling cut, even though they'd gotten the shot and we just cut, he just kept having to redo it and each take would last longer. Um, until finally cut was shouted by Holden's wife. <laughs> Enough to, of this. Who just happened to be there on set. Okay, okay we're done here. Nothing like an angry woman. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, Cecil B. DeMille appears in the film on the studio set. They were filming Samson and Delilah. Really? Which came out not long after, didn't it? Like, 51? Mm, this has it listed as 49. Oh. Well, I'm an idiot. Uh, Crenshaw. Crenshaw and Irving is where the... Is that where the house is? mansion is. It's not on Sunset Boulevard. Crenshaw and Irving. I feel like... Uh, what did I say? I don't. Wilshire? Well, yeah. The only addition was the swimming pool. Which wasn't Wilshire. really a swimming pool. Yeah. Just... Which wasn't equipped with a means of circulating the water. So it was useless after filming. The pool was used in its empty condition and rubble without a cause. Mm. Have you seen that one? I have not. Ooh. That's a good one. Are you taking me back? We're going to take you back. Let's get one for this summer. Uh, the mansion was torn down in 1957. So what the fuck did the, were they pointing out on that? On your tour. I might be confusing the house then. Hmm. I mean, you know, it's all a ton of houses. I am, maybe I just saw the location, I guess. Right. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> okay. You guys got a little, sometimes you don't see everything. All right. Let's see what else do I got here. Um, Gloria Swanson was a famous um, silent film star for Paramount. Six years running, for about six years, she's like one of the biggest in the business. So her whole thing about, uh, you know, I think there's a whole thing. No, this would be possible without. Yes, it was. It was very much kind of a an ode to her. A nod. Uh, Billy, Billy Wilder. Asked how he was going to shoot the barrel of Norma's monkey. He said, you know, the usual monkey funeral sequence. <laughs> and I just, I'm sorry. I love just, it. That's just a weird, that's some weird shit to write into a script. Yeah, that monkey thing was, was, was wild. And the face of the monkey. That would... 
Uh, other actresses considered for Norma Desmond were Mae West, who wanted to rewrite dialogue, and I believe she ultimately felt she was too young. Mae Murray, Mae Pickford, Mae Pickford was never solid star. In fact, Billy Wilder and Charles Brackett even went to pick fair to pitch the story to pick forward. Horrified reaction as the story progressed made them stop happening. She's like, I'm not gonna fucking do this shit. Yeah. But you know, I can understand. You know, the might be might be you don't a wanna, little, uh, especially offensive. back then, you know, you don't wanna be you don't want people to remember you that way. This is you, so Hold come to our film. <laughs> right. This is your chance to return. Alright. Cameron Crow. Shadowed Billy Wilder in these twilight years. I think Cameron Crowe, you like him? Jerry Maguire? Yeah. You ever I see do. Vanilla Sky? I have. You like it? No. I don't understand it. That's. <laughs> Yay! Let's, let's get weird with that one. <laughs> I'm looking for an excuse. Uh, I do have Gladiator on the list up here for to watch. I want oh, I to watch that. it so that we talk about doing that. Anyways, let's finish up with Sunset Boulevard. It's a fucking great movie. Loved it. Um, it's important to watch movies like this. Um, hey, because, man, you know what? Just because a movie's made today doesn't mean it's the only movies that are good. Right. Um, this is a strong, it's a strong script. I mean, I don't have the awards that won it. It's an Academy Award winner. 11 nominations, yeah. and it got all of the Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor. One of the few. Supporting, a, a, like, a, four or five that have ever accomplished having yeah. all of those so main categories. Like a handful or so of films that have done that, so. Uh, it's a great one, so been fun thanks tim you yeah. took me back in time and, and i'm you know i'm always kind of eh, whatever let's go watch this movie I, I i don't know what to expect and uh you delivered on this one so cool. nice job tim thanks all right sunset boulevard Billy Wilder. all right um hooligans we'll be back next week what are we gonna watch next week lady snowblood yeah we'll do that next all right, let's that's that going to be a fun one. Lady Tim, Snow. I'm excited I, you, we get to watch this one together. Why don't we do uh, uh, a back-to-back Tarantino week? Ooh, let's do True Romance and Lady Snowblood. All right, True Romance is now on our list this week, so might as well just get it over with. We talked about doing it, so let's just put it on there. Uh, thank you for joining us. I'm Tim. He's David. Thanks, guys. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> that's, all it, that's all it needs to be. <laughs>